you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today, I am thrilled to welcome James Martak from Hot House West to the show. James plays rhythm guitar in the swing orchestra inspired by the music of Django Reinhardt. I'm a big fan of the music, and I'm always excited to see what they'll come up with next. Um, They're constantly doing new things, which is very exciting um, from a group out of Salt Lake City. On this episode, I talked to James about the origins of the group, the evolution of the jazz community here in Salt Lake City, and then their new Kickstarter campaign that just went up. You, I'll have links to all this, but they they recorded an album, um, and they they need everyone's help to get this incredible um, piece of art into the community, vinyl, um, mixed, all this stuff. So um, definitely check it out, support it. It is it is incredible. Um, also, if you are in Salt Lake City, you can catch Hot House West on Tuesday, June 6th at the Clubhouse on South Temple. Now, in the interview, we talk about the um, the event being at the Galvin Center. That was switched um, just recently, so it will now be at the Clubhouse on South Temple. I'll have links to where um, you can find that. But the show is still free, and... Um, if you, if you want, if you want to do some swing dancing, they're having free swing dance lessons. It's uh, 6.30 p.m. And then the music starts at 7.30. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be there. And um, yeah, this was just great having James on the show. We go way back. Um, and it was incredible um, hearing him talk about Hot House West and the cool things they're doing here in Utah. Okay, so let's get to it and talk to James from Hot House West on the Salt Lake Dirt podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, James Martak from Hot House West. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, this is a very exciting. So a band I've been a huge fan of for, you know, since the inception of it, I think. I think I was actually at your first show years ago. I wouldn't be surprised. Big, big yeah. ads. There you but go. It, and so it's. <laughs> it's evolved to so like much greater heights. Um, and we're really here to talk about the, a couple different things. So there is a, a free performance June 6th at the Gallivan center in Salt Lake C- city, downtown Salt Lake. And um, there, there's a new incarnation of the band that I have not yet seen. I don't think, I don't know if anyone has seen this yet. So maybe you can there, speak to that. There were some few, uh, a few lucky folks in Ely, Nevada that <laughs> that got our very first public performance. Uh, we got hired to play a film festival out there. Um, a, a wow. person that, a person that we know and are, are friends with, uh, I guess he's on the board for the council or whatever that is out there that, and he really pushed for us and, they were able to bring out the full 14 piece band for this. It was a awesome event. We had tons of fun. It was well received. They want us to go back in October for some Halloween thing. So we're hopefully that comes through. It was fun. Wow. Ely, but, Nevada. I got to yeah. check. I got to check it out. That sounds. This will be the first public performance uh, of the, of the big band though. 
Yeah. And so for our listeners, I mean, we, we're kind of split with our listeners. We have a lot in Salt Lake, but our radio show comes out of Santa Cruz and Monterey, California. So for those um, who aren't aware of Hot House West, maybe you could just tell us a bit about the band. Uh, it's been a, around a while now, and mm -hmm. it is just um, constantly evolving and doing new things. So, uh, yeah, speak to us about kind of the, the brief history of Hot House West. Oh, man, how do you... <laughs> there's a lot of history so i'll try to give you just sort of the the cliff notes version um so we started this band in 2011 um myself and one of the other guys that's still in the band uh nathan royal uh, we started in 2011 as part of the jazz program at the university of utah so we got college credit for starting this band um and as you had mentioned uh we, we decided so we started playing gypsy jazz music. So the music of Django Reinhardt uh, and stuff like that, because that's what we loved. So acoustic jazz, early French jazz music from like the thirties and forties. Uh, we didn't know how to play it. Uh, so we just kind of forced ourselves to try to learn it. So the first show that you mentioned, you saw us at big Ed's was this teeny tiny little restaurant across the street from the university little hole in the wall that served $3 burgers and giant steins of beer. And we would go cram a six piece band in there and play for three hours for free beer. Uh, and we did that every Friday just to, just to get repertoire and to try to get good. Uh, it took us several years to get what I would call good. Um, but during that time, the band changed a lot. So uh, the six piece that original six piece had Two guitars, bass, violin, mandolin, and clarinet, and no one in the band actually knew what they were doing. Um, and then it turned from that to just a straight, uh, usual gypsy jazz quartet, which was two guitars, bass, and violin. And then our violinist moved to Alaska to go to medical school, and that was the first time that we started playing with like horn players because, believe it or not, swing violin players are hard to come by in Salt Lake City. Um, <laughs> So we we decided to go for it. Uh, we had a friend that played trumpet. Um, his name was Tom Young, and he played with us for uh, about three years in the quartet. And then uh, we met some other musician friends and decided to make it a six piece. So a small big band. So it was two guitars, bass, uh, trombone, trumpet, and and sax slash clarinet. Um, and we recorded an EP back in 2015, I believe, um, that you can still find on Spotify. It, it was a bit of a cross between gypsy jazz and bebop music. Um, and the trombone player wrote a lot of the arrangements for that. Um, and then those guys left. And we kind of went back to another small format with quartet until about 2018. We got new horn players so the same lineup of trumpet trombone and uh clarinet and we found an awesome violin player named jesse ma who moved here from uh geez where was he from i believe he was from wyoming or something like that jesse if you're listening i'm sorry i don't i don't know where you're from he's <laughs> from all over um and that was when we recorded our our actual first full-length album which is called django and orbit and it's kind of a concept album in a way, <laughs> not like, you know, pet sounds or something like that. It's not that deep, but uh, we 
we're all kind of obsessed with space. And one of our favorite Duke Ellington albums is an album called Blues in Orbit. I still listen to that album constantly. Uh, but we took inspiration from Blues in Orbit and then, uh, you know, just our love of space travel and sci-fi and stuff like that. And we just sort of meshed those together to create a concept album that we call Django in Orbit. That's it's not really spacey, but you know, the album is it's got an astronaut on it with a guitar. It's um our our friends in Greece designed the album artwork and all that. Uh but anyways, that was the last album that we did with in 2018. And then COVID of course hit and everything just like we were playing all the time and then as most musicians found all the gigs went away we had nothing to do everybody got kind of bummed and then um our longtime bassist kevin schultz who was there from the the beginning of the band in 2011 he decided he didn't want to play upright bass anymore he was you know just tired of of having calluses on his fingers and he was playing in some rock bands and he really liked that so he left about a year ago a little over a year ago and we met uh another bassist named david baker who's playing with us now who's a phenomenal player just great guy and as it turns out he can write music like nobody's business and so he and nathan went on a hike together and on that hike they came up with this idea of like wouldn't it be cool to make our band a big band and have you know the og uh uh lineup of two guitars bass violin but also have a, a percussionist slash drummer and then there's two trumpets or sorry three trumpets two trombones uh and a, three saxes so it's a little big band um and we started kind of writing just with the idea that we'd play some swing dances and you know maybe a couple concerts here or there because believe it or not trying to pay 14 people <laughs> is expensive and most people that want to hire a band don't have the money to pay that so then that brings us to to where we're at today which is how do we pay 14 people in the world we live in where nobody wants to pay for music and we decided some of our longtime goals that Nathan and I have just talked about for years and years and years were we wanted to build the music community here in Salt Lake and like create a, a space for musicians to, you know, uh, there's a lot of like just cutthroat and like elitism among especially jazz musicians. I don't know about everywhere else, but here in Salt Lake, there's some of the older guys that just they vibe you. They're they're gatekeepers and stuff like that. And we've always just kind of hated that mentality. So we took that idea of wanting to just build like an awesome community for musicians and, and play with our friends. We decided to convert our business into a nonprofit. And so we, back in December, went through all the paperwork with the IRS to get the 501c3 status. Um, and so now that's why there's 40 people on the album. That's all part of this. Um, so we brought in as many people as we could that that wanted to be on the album. Like some people are just playing like a solo. Some people have like a shaker or something simple like that, you know. Um, other people do vocal tracks with us. Um, we, we tried to make it as diverse and like representative of 
the music community here as we could. I mean, we know so many musicians and are friends with them and, you know, we're fortunate that we know all these people, but to be able to include them on this project and we had all the time in the world to record it because uh, David Baker, the bassist works at a college that has an awesome studio that we could just go use for free. Wow. It's a $2 million studio with just, he knows how to use everything. So it was like, oh, cool. We can take our time. We don't have to pay studio time. We can build this album however we want, bring in as many people as we want. It'll be awesome. So that's where we're at. Uh, we, we recorded 13 tracks. I believe 11 of them will make the album. <clears throat> and that's only because uh, we can only fit that much on a vinyl record. Um, which is what we're really gearing for the physical copies. The other two tracks will likely end up on Spotify as like extended edition or something like that. But the physical copies will probably only have the the eleven songs that we're we're going for. So, wow, that's that's incredible. I mean, I I didn't I noticed that you had um, become nonprofit status. So I'm glad you you mentioned that. I was curious about like the the idea behind that. That but that that makes so much sense and. Um, and yeah, there are, I mean, you know more than me, of course, but like there's so many musicians here, but I think people probably don't, when they think of Salt Lake City, they don't think of like a music town. Uh, that's, so <laughs> that's what kind of sparked a, a lot of the the talks that Nathan and I have had over the years. You know, we're, we would always question like, why can't Salt Lake City be like, you know, an Austin, Texas or, you know, a New Orleans for jazz and it's like okay well and a lot of it too is like so many of our musician friends who are just like killers don't stay in salt lake because mm -hmm. there's just the community is a bit weird there's not like massive opportunities for them and so they get cherry picked by new orleans and you know these other places that have much more vibrant supportive scenes and it makes sense it's like yeah you go where you're wanted and so the discussions just came out of like, well, how would we go about making Salt Lake City like those other cities? You know, like, what do they have that we don't have? And really a lot of it, you know, if you look at like New Orleans, if for anyone that's ever been there, it's like, there's mu music everywhere, right? You're walking down the street and there's just people playing and it's not, yeah, they're making money and tips, but like, you know, a lot of it is just these fine grade A musicians playing out on the street for tips because it's fun and it's awesome right Where here it's like you call up you know whoever the top sax guy is and say hey i have a gig like at the end of the month we need a sax how much does it pay yeah <laughs> and if you're like well it's like a 100 bucks a guy no i gotta make 250 bucks or i'm not even leaving my house and you're like really <laughs> so it, it's that sort of attitude that we're like we're, we're hoping to change those mindsets you know and i get like we're not, we're not, it's not like we're out playing for free. You know, we make money and we're doing it to make a living. But at the same time, it's like, if that's all you're doing, if you're only playing music to get a paycheck, then like, you're a bummer, man. Like, we don't want to play with you. Like, <laughs> you don't want to come have fun and play music and like create art together. Then like, that's fine. You can go do whatever gigs you got and you can, you know, more power to you. But like, that's not what we're about. And that's not what we're trying to do. So. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And and the show on the 6th, um, so this is at the Gallivan Center. Uh, it's a free show. 
So people, like, I encourage you to to come check this out. I'm going to be there. And and there will be uh, a, it's a swing dance night. So there will be swing dance instructors, and there's an open dance floor. So, um, you know, people can if you know how to swing dance, you can come. Just jump in the crowd. If you don't know how to swing dance, there will be instructors there that show you the basic moves. So, oh, that's awesome. That's what. That's great. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait. Um, and then let's talk about the the Kickstarter. That so the album is recorded, but the the Kickstarter hopefully is coinciding with the show coming up here. Uh, what what is this Kickstarter exactly? So the Kickstarter is the like I said, the album is recorded. Thankfully, we didn't have we did pay all the musicians that are on the album. Well, we haven't paid them yet. We will be paying them. We've agreed to pay them for for their contributions. Um, but like I was saying, there's 40 people on the album, so um, you know that is a huge chunk of money. And then um, the mixing and mastering is a lot of money. And then our our real uh, sort of dream is to to print this to vinyl um, because we hired this amazing artist out of Boulder, Colorado, who does murals and like we specifically wanted to work with him to design our album and, and treat it like a mural and, and paint it. And so he actually painted a, a like 36 by 42 or maybe it's 36 by 36. I forget the dimensions, uh, but oil on canvas painting that he took and then just created a digital print from, from the album. And then we have already paid him for his artwork and he's actually sending us the painting, which will hang above Nathan's mantle in his fireplace. And then we took that painting and, and created the artwork for the album. So it's bright and vibrant, like lots of colors. It's it's amazing. Um, and it would just look so nice on a big vinyl sleeve. So, and it's always been a dream of ours to have one of our albums on vinyl. You know, we're big music fans and vinyl fans. And it's just like, this is the excuse to like pay that extra money. And so there's that. And then, you know, we, we want this album to be available outside of Salt Lake city. So there's lots of distribution costs and advertising that we want to try to do. You know, we, it, it all sounds like a typical band, like we want to make money and sell records, <laughs> but like all of this ties back into the mission of the nonprofit. Right. So we, like part of what we're trying to do besides have all these musicians play on our albums, like we want to go out and perform and, and create spaces for people who are either up and coming, who maybe don't have the connections for jazz gigs, um, who want an oppor opportunity to perform with a solid uh, top tier band of professional musicians to have that experience in a, you know, um, public setting where they're actually performing in a part of the band and like can learn and we can mentor those, those musicians. And again, it's all about changing the culture of like, we don't want to be gatekeepers. We want to be the people that are like, we have the band. Like if you're dedicated and, and just want to learn the music, you can literally come sit in our band and play a gig with us. And like, have that opportunity make connections if you're a trumpet player you can meet our trumpet players who can like you know if, if you want to take lessons from them or whatever they're they're all like doctors of music so mm -hmm. they're 
very well versed in what they do and they're all professionals. So it's like, you know, getting or going on a tangent here a bit, but really it's all we're trying to get the album out because we want people to know who we are and what we do outside of just Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So that when we come through your town, you you know that we're a band and that we're swinging and we're fun and you can dance to us. But also if you're a musician, you know that you can reach out to us about coming to perform or sit in with us or take lessons or any of those things and know that we are all open to that. We're not, we're not going to be like, Oh, how long have you been playing music? (laughs) Which is like, that's such an encouraging thing to hear. I think for, for anyone just that, because I think a lot of times when someone has the knowledge and the skill, you see a lot of people that just become, you know, assholes about it. So Uh, this is, this is great to see. There's so many to help. It's such an old, it's like, it's an old guy mentality, right? It's, it's like being this like desire to be the best, better than everybody else. And like, you have the knowledge, but you don't want to share it with anybody because then they're going to be as good as you are. And it's like, man, that's such bullshit. Like, (laughs) and you know, in in the community uh, of the music that we play in gypsy jazz, like Nathan and I went over to France um, in 2014 after we graduated college to go to the Django festival there, the Django music festival in Samoa. And it's in the town that Django Reinhardt died in, in 1953. So it's not where he was born, but it's where he died. And they have a big festival there every year. And you can go, you know, it's a festival with all of the monsters of this genre of music playing. Um, but then they have people stay at these campsites. Like there are hotels and stuff, but that's for like the lamos, the, the old <laughs> the old guys that wear sandals with socks and stuff like that. Uh, most everybody that's like a musician or into the, that kind of music will stay at these campsites. And the monster musicians also stay at those campsites. So, you know, the big names in this genre of music, which if you don't listen to it, you're going to be like, I have no idea what that is. And that, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but there are some big names in the music if you are, uh, but they will just be hanging out, like drinking wine, smoking cigarettes and playing music. You can literally pull up a chair next to them and play. And like, you know, if it's not crazy jam session of like 50 people, if it's like you and two other people, you can like ask them stuff. They'll show you tricks. They'll show you melodies. Like it's a very community based genre of music. Like that's how they all learned was like, uh, you know, the, the areas that they grew up in, like some of them grew up in caravans, uh, you know, where it's just all outdoors and they would just play gypsy jazz by the fire all night long. And they grew up playing it as part of their culture. You learn from your uncle who plays by the campfire when your hands are barely big enough to go around the guitar. And that's why they're all so damn good at it too. Um, but we're trying to bring a bit of that into American culture because it's just not really a thing. I mean, you get it in, I think, like bluegrass music and, and stuff like that. But just anything that's related to jazz, it's such a like elitist thing, you know, and it's like, yeah, I know that's like the way that it's been done. But like, I don't know, it's just not my thing. Well, and there's not going to be any jazz musicians left if if, <laughs> if if no one is like willing to share and and help the younger generation. So that's that's awesome. Um, well, okay. So let's give as we kind of wrap up here. Let's give people the details one more time. Um, Hot House West, 
plays uh with the 14 piece group on june june 6th that's a tuesday right yeah and it, the concert starts at 7 30 at 7 30 to 9 30 i believe 9 or 9 30 i forget exactly but it's i definitely definitely starts at 7 30 it's free it's outside um so there's a big outdoor stage um like i said there'll be swing dancing swing dance instructors uh, it's it's an awesome time i'm excited yeah so I'll, I'll like i said i'll be there and um if you're in town check it out i'll have links to all of this um as well as um the kickstarter as soon as that goes live um you'll be able to find that on, on our site as well uh james martak thank you so much for being on the show today thanks a lot kyler appreciate it absolutely mm-hmm.